Yeah, how about a hand, y'all? Man, let's go. Let's go. Love it. Hey, again, welcome to Galilee. We are so glad you're a part of us today, whether you're in this room or online. Uh, we had so many people coming in, which is awesome. We were adding chairs. Eventually, all y'all that were trying to sit further back, you're gonna be in the front because we're gonna keep dragging those chairs to the back. So uh, it's just awesome to be together, awesome to be able to worship together, and especially today on this Father's Day. So just a simple but heartfelt Happy Father's Day to uh, all the dads out there. We love you, we appreciate you, and may God bless you. It would not, I could not, I could not go on if I didn't take this minute right now to tell a dad joke. Why did the dad take an extra pair of socks to the golf course? Well, in case he got a hole in one. Hey! Thanks, Matt. Yeah, we... Yeah, well, that's right. Listen, I'm glad they did not give you any fruit or anything to throw at me when you came in. Hey, let me give you one more quick word of update before I jump into the Word of God, which is obviously the main point here. But uh, most of you know we're undergoing a renovation in our worship center right now, which is why you're sitting in this place. So you probably know that. We are so blessed to have this. And we are so blessed to have started that work because when we did, we did find some mold issues up in the ceiling. Now, these are relatively minor in the grand scheme of things. And the good news is that the air down on the ground, like in the room was, they actually said it was better than the air outside. So that part was never an issue. But now that we know it's there, obviously we have to deal with it. And so we'll be doing that. It's probably gonna kick our timeline back a matter of weeks. Let's pray, it's just weeks. Uh, so be praying for us as we go through this process. We'll get there. The bottom line is we're gonna take the time to make sure we do it right and get everything buttoned up the way it needs to be, continue on in that renovation, and it's gonna be an amazing space to gather. And I tell y'all, if you keep inviting your friends, you keep showing up like you're showing up today, that's awesome. We'll fill that room up too, to the glory of God, amen? Hey, let me pray for us, and we'll jump into the word of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. We thank you so much for the dads in this room, and Lord, that have impacted our lives. God, we just pray your blessing over them all. God, your blessings over us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us today. Help me say today only what it is you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less. God, I just pray that your will would be done in every way that we would be able to hear from you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So it was not the first time this had ever happened, but I came into the house and we were all, and this was a couple years ago, we were all knocking out our Saturday chores that uh, Abby gives us, my wife. So we all have things that we have to do, the kids, me. I mean, it's just stuff that's gotta get done, right? Like I got a honey-do list like all the rest of you uh, guys and dads out there. And so I came in and I was getting ready to do what I was gonna do. I think I was emptying the dishwasher that day. And so I called up to one of my kids. I'm not gonna tell you which one, so you can't point at them. All right, I called up to one of my kids if the, asking if the vacuuming had been done. And I figured out pretty quickly it had not. And so I was like, hey, we gotta get the vacuuming done. Okay, okay, dad. And so they went in and they started doing the vacuuming. The vacuum, now they're supposed to vacuum the whole upstairs. They vacuumed, the vacuum ran for 45 seconds. Then you finished the vacuuming? Yeah, yeah, I finished. Superman could not have finished the vacuuming in that amount of time. So I went up and we were looking at him. I was like, you sure you vacuumed over? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started looking around and there's, there's like Cheez-Its on the ground that, that they were actually goldfish. There were goldfish 
on the ground. It looked like somebody had done a tap dance on them. I was like, what about these? Well, I didn't see them. Well, what are you talking about? Right now, how did you not see this? And so I just like went around walking and showing my kid, you know, this is what you have to do to actually get this space clean. This is what you have to do to actually run the vacuum and clean it up and have that be a successful endeavor. And that got me thinking about what the Holy Spirit does in our lives and, and what Jesus ultimately does for us, what he purchases us for us with his blood. It is a willingness to guide us and show us all the areas in our life that need to be cleaned up. In the same way that I would tell my kids this and say, hey, if we, we don't clean this up, we're going to have bugs. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be gross. Like, you don't want this. In the same way, the Spirit of God will lead you, will guide you, will point out the areas in your life that need working on. The areas in your life that are holding you back from being who Jesus means you to be. The areas in your life that are keeping you from living a life of holiness that honors God. And so we ought to crave that kind of relationship. He wants to show us and clean up areas in our life, friends, that we didn't even realize were dirty, that we hadn't even grasped yet. Now, want to be really clear. You'll notice that I did not associate this illustration with initially coming to Jesus. And there's a reason for this. Now, let me explain what I mean. The idea is not that you would clean yourself up enough to then present yourself before God, before Jesus, and say, look, Jesus, I fixed all the stuff in my life, and now I am worthy of you. That's not what anybody is telling you to do. Nobody's telling you that you're going to vacuum all the areas of your life and that you will be perfect, and then you come to Jesus. No, that's not how it works, but, but family. I have had conversation after conversation after conversation through years of ministry where people hesitate to come to Jesus because they feel like they're not good enough. They feel like they're so far behind the eight ball of what they've done, who they are, their sins, their failings. They, they're never gonna be good enough. I, I've talked to people that have been following Jesus for a long time that have the same problem. And they basically are at this place where they're saying, you know, like Paul said, I do all these things that I do not want to do. I know what I should do and I, I know what I want to do, but I do these things that I do not want to do. And sin subsequently makes me its slave. And so true for me and you and for those who are still far off, those who have not decided to follow Jesus. This is not about you getting yourself perfect and then coming to Jesus. This is about simply submitting your life to him and allowing him to be the one that cleans you, allowing him to do the cleansing work and then show you day after day. There's a fancy theological word for this called sanctification. Day by day to show you that which it is that makes you more like him. That's the work of sanctification in your life. It's a big theological word, but it's something that we ought to be chasing after. Not then that I would say, now I'm good enough to come to you, God. No, it's that I'll never be good enough, Lord. 
and so I submit my life to you. This idea that we're gonna get ourselves straightened out is silly. Isaiah the prophet, he says this, listen, Isaiah 64, six. All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. To think that we're gonna get ourselves clean enough to deserve coming before God or gonna get ourselves to some place where now God will accept me because there's no way he would have before. You see how wrong that thinking is, I hope. And I want you to see from the story we're gonna examine today, and as you probably know, we are in this series on the miracles of Jesus. And we are looking at most specifically the heart of Jesus for sinners like you and me. And how he cares about us enough to heal, to do what he says he will do. Not just for people that lived 2,000 years ago. But as I've said in every message in this series, it's time for us to believe again that Jesus is still working miracles in the lives of man. It's time for us to believe it again. And this morning, we look at this powerful story of a woman who was broken and she comes to Jesus. Let's, let's, let's read it. But before we read it, and it's in Mark chapter five, if you wanna flip over there, I want you to recall some famous words of Jesus from the gospels. And Jesus does not say to his followers, to those who would follow him, to come to him all who are in need of self-improvement and he will give you steps. That's not what Jesus says. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, yes, even rest unto your soul. This is what Jesus is offering every one of us. And he was offering it to the woman in this story. So read this with me, if you will. Mark 5, 21 through 34. He wants to make us whole. Verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by a boat on the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. Now, I want you to notice something here. Jesus is on his way to do a miracle. But the coolest thing, one of the coolest things about this story is Jesus is about to do a miracle on his way to another miracle. That's just, I mean, just an interesting aside, but powerful, right? It says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet insisted, yet in, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Man, you, you think she's desperate? You think she's broken? 
You better believe it. She is out of options to fix herself. You with me? She's all out of options. She's out of doctors. She's out of plans. And she needs help. So she, she comes to Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, what'd she do? She thought the healing and the power of Jesus was a thought away. I want you to think about that. Because listen, are you with me? Listen. That hasn't changed one iota. The power of Jesus is still just a thought away. Man, that's amazing when you think about it. She thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Amazing moment for her. I've tried to get you to put yourself into the, the shoes of these people that Jesus is healing, imagining their desperation, their need, their desire for Jesus, and they come to him and he heals them. At once, verse 30, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And the disciples were like, what are you talking about? Because there's people all around Jesus. And he says, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who, who touched me? Like, I, how are we supposed to know? All these people touched you, right? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, woman knowing what had happened to her, she was fully convinced she knew better than anybody she'd been healed, right? Came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Can you just imagine that moment with me? This woman comes and kneels at his feet and she is trembling before Jesus and there's probably tears coming down her eyes and she is there kneeling at his feet and saying, this is what happened, Jesus. I've been suffering for 12 years. 12 years. 12 years, I've not been able to be around my friends. I've not been able to go and worship in the synagogue because I was ceremoniously unclean because of this bleeding issue. And you don't have to understand all of that Levitical law, all the Old Testament law. You just need to understand that this was a truth for her. She was not allowed to go and to worship in the temple for 12 years because she was ceremoniously unclean because of this bleeding issue. But more than just that, she's kneeling at the feet of Jesus, having previously been broken and knowing now that even those of her friends and family that avoided her like the plague, why? Well, because she had this bleeding issue. Yes, but not just because of that piece of it, but because if they came in contact with her, guess what? They too became ceremonially unclean. 
and then it became an issue for them. So she is distanced from God and from man, from everybody around her, and she is desperate. And so now she falls at the feet of Jesus, thanking him, telling, her, telling him, I just believed. I had this thought that if I could just touch your cloak, I'd be healed. Imagine it. He says to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith. Not just thinking a good thought, not just thinking with good intentions. Do you understand the difference? And you understand why I'm clarifying that? We can have all the good intentions in the world. We can have all the thoughts in the world about that which needs to change in our lives. But I'm telling you, I'm teaching you, I'm imploring you, I'm asking you, hand all of that over to Jesus and say, Lord, I trust you. I know you can cleanse me in ways that I've never been able to do for myself. I want to believe that again. Daughter, your faith is healed. You go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I've told you from the very beginning of this message, and it's the first big idea, and I'll roll right through these two main thoughts. You're never going to come to Jesus clean enough, right? It's just not going to happen. If this woman had waited until she was ritualistically clean to come to this rabbi, Jesus, she would have never gone to him, as far as we know. Because the world and her friends said, you're not good enough to approach God because of these issues. And you may have some people in your life that have spoken those lies over you. You're always gonna be the way you are. You're always going to have this issue. You're always going to have this problem. You're always going to be a mess up, right? You may have had people that have spoken those lies over you, and it's time to reject them for the lies they are and to believe again that Jesus can do immeasurably more than we'd ask or imagine. Amen? It's time for us to believe that again, church. Some of us are just, we're just going through the motions. We're just staying stuck where we've been. Instead of believing that the God of the universe loves us, actually came to this earth, lives, did all these miracles we're studying about, and has an expectation that he can and will still move miraculously in your life. It's time to believe it again. It just is. Because where truth exists, there God moves. Where truth exists, God moves. Faith enacts a power from God that simply isn't available till you believe. Faith enacts a power that is not available until you believe. That's your part in this. Not making yourself perfect or good enough to come to God. This doesn't mean, of course, that you don't have any responsibility. It begins with thought and faith, approaching God, honesty with him, 
And there's no doubt, make sure you hear me saying this, to follow Jesus is to die to yourself. Jesus said, you want to come and follow me, right? Take up your cross and follow me. You're going to have to die to your old self. You're going to have to be a new creation. You won't be who you were. You will pursue the things of Christ. You will pursue the holiness of God. So sure, you have a part to play in this life of following Jesus, obviously. But in the initial coming to him in beginning the relationship or whether you've had the relationship for a long time, but you know and I know there are areas of your life that are not clean right now, that you've not dealt with. Whether it's because of shame or whatever it is, whether it's because you just can't be honest with yourself or whatever it is. Don't allow it to hold you back from God anymore. Step into faith because faith will unlock that cleansing power. It's only available to you when you believe. Did you hear me? It's only available to you when you believe. I love what 1 John says, 1 John 1, 7 through 9. If you were with us last week, we talked about when Jesus healed uh, the, the man who was born blind restored his sight. And we talked about Jesus was a lighter in the darkness. He brings light. This is a very similar text to that idea. First John 1, 7 through 9 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, critical, confession, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will not hold back the cleansing for you that you need if you will come to him authentically, if you will come to him in truth. Not coming to him saying, I fixed everything, Jesus. Now I'm good. Now I'm ready for you. No, I am a broken mess and I need you. That's where it starts. Second thing is this. Will you just do what the woman in this story did? Just come to him in faith. Like I've been telling you, faith unlocks so much for you and me. Jesus says to her in verse 34, daughter, your faith has healed you. Then he says, go in peace and be freed from your sufferings. That idea of going in peace was a pretty common Semitic blessing, Jewish blessing in that day and age, and would frequently be recited by rabbis, go in peace. But see, it meant more than this idea of like, hey, you know, you go in peace and be well. What it was really saying was, go in the peace of God. You are being made right and being blessed by God. Go in the peace of God. Be freed from your suffering. And that is what Jesus offers to each of us. But look, church, that demands of us authenticity. It demands of us saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I need help. 
Yes, Lord, I know these areas of my life that are broken, and I've been trying to fix them for a long time, but I can't. I've not been successful. And saying, Lord, Jesus, I, I need you. That's where peace is gonna come from. But you gotta be real, you gotta be honest. There's a great author, his name is Simon Sinek, and he tells a story in one of his books about this, the, the laundry detergent industry. Now stay with me on this, as you might imagine, I'm gonna make a point by the end of this story. But he tells us some story about the laundry detergent industry and some of the studies they've done. And what was it that people were after in the kind of detergent they wanted for their clothes, right? Well, what all of the information seemed to be telling them was that people wanted their whites whiter and their colors brighter. That was what, you know, the common consumer was after. Whiter whites and brighter brights, right? It almost seems like a commercial, okay? But what they found over time when they started studying how people actually did and why they bought the particular laundry detergent they bought and how they responded when they actually studied them like doing a load of laundry. Yeah, there's you know people that are studying this, I guess. What they found was that nobody ever took their whites out and held them up and were like, oh, wow, look how white that is. But all the time, people would take the laundry out, didn't really so much care what it looked like, do you know what they did? They went, and they'd smell it. And so what they discovered was that people weren't so much obsessed about how clean their laundry was. They wanted the perception of clean. They were happy enough with the perception of clean to not worry so much about how actually clean their laundry was. So I, you can probably figure out where I'm going with this. So too, for us as Christians, we get to that place where we say, you know what? I don't have to deal with those areas of my life that I know need cleansing as long as I can convince you I've dealt with it. As long as I can convince you I've got it all together. As long as my friends and my family don't find me out. Do you understand that right now, if that is where you are, and just about everybody in this room is probably thinking of an area that they know they need to give to God, at least that much. That takes an authentic and honest confession before God, because here's the truth. You ain't hiding anything from him. He knows about it all. You, you might be able to convince me. You can convince your friends. You can convince your family. That's fine. You could probably pull that off. The truth is, the world has probably helped you get pretty good at it. But that's not where hope lies. That's just a path of more brokenness, lostness, desperation, hopelessness, helplessness. I could go on. 
So ultimately, you have to ask yourself a question. Am I comfortable with the perception of clean or do I truly want to trust Jesus to know and believe that he is the one that can cleanse me? And if I'm going to believe this truth, that Jesus is the one that can cleanse me, can make me new, I am going to submit my life to him in faith. I'm going to fall at his feet like this woman with this issue of blood. And I am in desperation going to believe. I'm going to begin by thinking things can change if I can just get a hold of Jesus. <laughs> if I can just get a hold of Jesus, things can be different. It doesn't always have to be like this. I don't always have to be like this. I don't have to live a life that's just trying to convince other people I got it all together. I can let them know, hey, I may not ever have it all together. None of us will. But I know that in my Lord and Savior, Jesus, he has cleansed me, he has made me new, and he is day by day making me more like him and giving me a heart that wants to pursue him more every single day. My prayer is that you will find this cleansing from Jesus, that you won't go one more day without being honest with him, without laying it at his feet, reaching for the hem of his garment, thinking and believing in faith that you can be made clean, not by your work, but by his mighty power. Let's stand together as a church. Let's sing. If we can help you make any decision, walk with you through anything, I'm here to pray with you and talk with you.